Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, it is National Signing Day. Not the one in the fall, but like... It's what used to be the National Signing Day, but now it's like, instead of the other one being early signing day, I think that one's actually signing day, and this is late signing day. (laughs) Yeah. This is the second window if you didn't sign back in... uh, November, December, early December, probably late yeah. November, probably early December, Which whatever. I think that athletes should just be allowed to sign and enroll whenever they want to between the the months of August to February. Uh huh. But that's just me. See, and we don't live in that world. So, so this was a que- this was a question I wanted to ask you, and I think we'll just start with this as a whole. I am very pro keeping getting rid of the early signing period, and just having National Signing Day in february and then i agree with you you can like you can still early enroll if you meet the academic criteria and stuff but you can't put pen to paper and sign until february in that signing period maybe you make an exception for those I with disagree. The academic grades but i just I disagree it's a fan thing because i i really miss like all right the natty's over the season's over and then a month later boom we get to like have this influx i do you know? I do like enjoy the the what used to be signing day and in, in like just because this signing day was really quiet, mm-hmm. um, but I disagree because uh, I think the players, the high school players, should mm-hmm. be able to sign whenever they want to. If they have the decision, yeah. they shouldn't have to wait five months if they don't that. want to. Um, and the inverse of that will be people being like, "Well, then that puts a lot of pressure on coaches because you don't have a specific time period for it." And I'm like, "Hey, you're getting paid millions of dollars. Figure it out." Like, uh, See, that, I have that I have be... zero sympathy for coaches in this situation. The yeah. players are the ones choosing where they want to go to school for the rest of their life. Well, mm-hmm. where they want to. These these aren't four year decisions. These are forty year decisions. We always mm-hmm. talk about. Um. So you know what? They should get to do whatever they want, in my opinion. And uh, coaches also don't give people offers if they're not committable makes no sense there are things like non-committable offers Mm -hmm. which is like two words that don't that contrast each other basically (laughs) they they don't go together (laughs) so yeah i I don't really care like yeah i'm here for the pageantry of the sign day like it's awesome but Mm -hmm. i kind of want i just i want the best for the high school players yeah i don't and i don't care what it means for the coaches like i really don't like you're getting paid millions of dollars to get these high schoolers to come play football for you right if figure it out like yeah understandable completely understandable i just i miss when i was in high school and this was a thing that i missed my first few years of college when i knew that in february that was it and i also enjoy that coaches can just focus on recruiting for a certain period of the year rather than like having to do this during the season because the signing period is basically like right after the conference championship games and but I understand your point, and as a person, I agree with you. As like a college football nut, maybe it'd be a little bit nicer to have this yeah. dedicated time. But I agree with you. It certainly more convenient. Like... Certainly more convenient, and and convenient is the right word to segue into the next thing. Where how convenient is it, Tyler, that Alabama is at the top of these recruiting rankings? How convenient is it that they have seven five stars, sixteen four stars? And according to 247 Sports, the highest rated recruiting class of all time, surpassing the 2010 Gators, which I think was the last Urban Meyer recruiting class. Um, And essentially the backbone of the 10 and 2 Will Muschamp team. Uh, How convenient is it that Alabama has just happened to be sitting at the top with a historic recruiting class, Tyler? 
I don't know. I mean, it's about about yeah, how convenient is it that Nick Saban's the head coach? Um, <laughs> this, this this is the exact reason why I push back whenever somebody says, "Well, you know, Saban's going to retire soon." And I'm like, when have we ever been shown that that's going to happen? Yeah. And two, even if it does. Mm-hmm. You're still gonna have like multiple years worth of number one classes built into that program, so right. like it'll be different. But it's not like Alabama. It's not like NFL teams where the staff leaves and suddenly teams can just fall off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Don't see that happening. Um, Alabama. It's like they have a 95 average player rating. It's like not only are they is this high. This isn't just like high quantity because they took 27 commits and average quality, but the high quantity makes it good. This is high quality and high quantity. They have more commits than most of the teams below them, but also a higher average player rating. Mm-hmm. That's not supposed to happen. No, no, that is not. That's not normal. Now, there's nothing normal as much as Nick Saban has made us numb to how incredible of a run this Alabama team has been on. Um, there's nothing normal about this. No. And I'm going to throw out a couple stats at you, Tyler. The ninth number one recruiting class for Nick Saban since he's been at Alabama, seven national titles, and then uh, six national titles, sorry, at Alabama. And then um, every single recruiting class that Saban has recruited at Bama has gone has, on to win a national they championship. They've won a national championship, yeah. He's, he could literally say that for the past 13, 14 years, every single recruit that he said, we will win a title with you here, he is not lying. It is not hyperbole. It is actually a yep. fact. And yep. that to me is incredible that the dominance the people are asking like, oh, when is Bama going to slow down? When is Saban, like you said, when Saban going to retire? N- n- no I mean, Bama will slow if- down when Saban retires, but Bama slowing down is not going to be what I think people want it to be. I think like, Bama, I think Bama slowing down is Georgia right now. Still landing high quality recruits com- being uh, either, if not the favorite, then the second best favorite in your uh, division in the SEC, and that's me saying that just because I'm a Florida fan and I refuse to roll out the red carpet for Georgia. But you know what I mean. Um, it, it's it's very much a, a dominance thing. Now I don't want to turn this into a Saban podcast. These 20 minutes or so that we're if this is do, a podcast about recruiting. How can it not be a Saban <laughs> podcast? Like because because it's important to note that when you're looking at the top teams, that your your top 10 on 247, which by the way is our um, Bible on recruiting, that's what we follow. Uh, you have Alabama at one, Ohio State two, Georgia three, LSU four, Clemson five, Oregon six. Hello, Oregon. A and M seven, USC eight. Good. All right. Notre Dame nine and Michigan ten. And you're wondering where are the Gators? The Gators are at thirteen, behind Oklahoma at eleven and Miami at twelve. Before we get into the Gators, Tyler, I've noticed something. Not every team has filled out their twenty-five or twenty-seven max players that they're allowed to take in yeah i think that it may be the reason why we are seeing some different teams in the top 10 that haven't been as consistent i think that's why we're seeing some teams drop a little further for example clemson right clemson has only taken 19 players and Mm -hmm. they can take 25 and i think that's part of the reason why they're at five instead of maybe at a two or three at the lowest that we've seen in the past few years yeah Additionally, something that factors into this for a lot of these teams is that, especially in this pandemic year, mm-hmm. you're probably taking a, like a lot of coaches are taking more transfers. Yeah. Um. So transfers are not factored into these ratings, and Correct. they shouldn't be. These are recruiting rankings. Correct. These are. But they they yeah. factor into what the team will be next year. Right. Um. And those take up spots. And yes, uh, the NCAA granted everyone 
an extra year of eligibility if they took it. So those scholarships don't count against your 85-man limit in college mm-hmm. football, but the money that those scholarships take up does matter. Mm-hmm. Like, that money okay. does exist. So we've seen some some schools with financial issues in, in yeah. regards to the athletic program. So maybe the school's like, yeah, I'm not going to let you take all 25 people that you can mm-hmm. um, to go over 85 just because you are allowed to. Yeah. Because maybe they don't have the capacity to do that. I, who knows? Um, I, I want to add on to that because there's also the idea that, you know, maybe the last three, four spots on a recruiting class, you know, maybe these coaches take a chance on a guy that is maybe a three star at a big program, maybe a three star, maybe just is undersized or maybe he's not so much looked highly na- on a national scale. And they say, you know what, let's take a chance on this guy. Let's put him in the program. Let's see what he can do. And that's kind of how you unearth these gems, right? The whole thing where Russell Wilson was a two star, two star prospect. Uh, J.J. Watt was a three-star prospect, those kind of players. That's where they kind of slot in in the recruiting class. Because the coronavirus hit and because of the money stuff and because maybe it's just, you know, they haven't really been able to interact with these players and the coaches. The dead period for recruiting has been way longer this year because of the pandemic. Exactly. And so maybe they're not as comfortable in taking a chance on a player that they say, oh, maybe, you know, this guy can work. Maybe that player also understands that, okay, maybe in the past when I would maybe be the 23rd guy on Georgia's roster, you know what? Maybe UCF calls and I say, okay, maybe in this case, I take the chance rather with being a starter at UCF or having a bigger role at a high-level group of five team rather than maybe riding the bench at Georgia for maybe your first two years before getting a breakout and and working your way from like a three-star high school talent to an actual SEC talent or Big 12 talent or Big 10 talent type of thing. So that uh-huh. also has to factor where they might take the chance on the transfer student rather than the high school student that they can kind of mold simply because there hasn't been contact. There hasn't they haven't yeah. been able to get their hands. There've been no camps. There've been no everything's been rec- footage and recording, but you you can't really tell the character of someone until you sit down with them and those kind of things. So I feel like that also has a big big thing to do with it in my opinion. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Tyler. Well, is there a certain school that you're kind of surprised to see maybe in this top 15, top 20? I have my school. I want to know what you're, what you're looking at here. Um, well, good for USC, in my opinion, to get back up to eight, uh, mm-hmm. considering they were 64th last year, which is like yeah. their worst of all time. Might be the, the modern era. And like, might be no, the biggest It's got to be. It's, yeah. Yeah. And I, this is, again, part of it that I think this year – this year, I think it went really chalk because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. There's not enough time for evaluation. There's not as much time for, you know, finding the weeds, getting guys early. There's a lot more chalk. And so um, also USC was better this year, which mm-hmm. I think will hurt them in the long run. But <laughs> good to see. Um, we don't have time to go into the Clint no, we're not, stuff we're again. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin at 15, their highest rated class ever. That was mine. That was going to be mine because when you look at it, uh, you look at their players, they did a really good job of recruiting their own backyard. They did a good job of getting the top player in Wisconsin. They got the top player in Minnesota. And when you look at it, they're like six foot seven, six foot eight linemen. And if there's ever a school where your top recruit is an offensive lineman, it's Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, Yeah. it's Wisconsin. So additionally, North Carolina at 14 with Mm -hmm. only 19 commits, an average player rating of 90.88. Like, that's and it's pretty good. Yeah, and it's important to note that since Mac Brown has returned, they've been recruiting at a very high level. Yeah. They, they've kind of been overreaching for North Carolina football standards, but I think it's becoming the new normal. And I'm very excited to see when Sam Howell leaves 
in 20, you know, for the 2022 season, mm-hmm. uh, how that team is going to shape up and what Mac can kind of pull out, you know? So absolutely. All right, Tyler, real quick, before we sign off, let's take a look at our Gators. Um, ranked 13th nationally, mm-hmm. uh, an average recruit rating of about 90, which is pretty good, uh, but only 22 recruits. So there's a few spots missing. But when you look at it, it's very much like a meat and bones, middle of the pack type class. You have your star player. Uh, Jason it's Marshall. important. It's important to note that Florida took a lot of transfers this offseason. Yes. So that is going to that has eaten into a lot of the roster spots. And it's also eaten into the player recruit recruiting the recruiting ranking because when you look at yeah. it, let's start with those transfers. There's five transfers coming in. You got Daquan uh, Newkirk from Auburn coming in and playing defensive tackle. You have Antonio Shelton from Penn State coming in playing defensive tackle. Shelton was a three star out of high school. Uh, Newkirk was a four-star out of high school. You have uh, Jace Chrisman, which is a kicker from Mississippi State. No stars, but, you know, it is what it is. But the two mm-hmm. big fish is uh, Arik. We decided on Arik? I think it's Eric. Eric. All right, we'll go I, with Eric. I, he- I, heard, I heard from somebody that his mom pronounced it Eric in an Eric, interview. So if the mom we, says it, that's what we We will go with what mama says because that, yeah. as we know, is is Bible. So um, Arik Gilbert, who is a five-star, a top 10 player nationally last season, and then Demarcus Bowen, the top running back in last year's class, another five star. Those five stars don't don't factor into our ranking. So yeah, good players that came in. Um, you look at the bulk of them, right? Jason Marshall, Corey Collier, um, Carlos Dorio Wilson. You got these big high level players um, that are gonna have an impact. Maybe not this year, but a year after. Um, yeah. But it's very much like a middle of the pack class. Is there a certain player? I know we did this back on the what used to be early signing period, what we now are going to officially call the actual national signing day. Uh, is there a certain player that you kind of think will maybe have an impact coming in maybe next season immediately? I know that doesn't always happen, but is there a certain player that you think can do that? I, I don't know about um, projecting, mm-hmm. but I do think that on the defensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. especially like with chief orders at linebacker, justice Boone at strong side defensive end, I think those will actually have an impact. I think, yeah, I'd like to believe mm-hmm. that um, more defensive players at a younger age are going to get uh, put into positions to, to play. Jason right. Marshall is going to play. Right. Like, he's going to play a lot. Corey Collier, Donna McMillan are, are two of our higher commits, and they're both safeties, which is mm-hmm. important. Um, I think, that, like I said, Chief Porter's Justice Boone will probably get some playing time. So, I, I mean, I think defensively a lot of players will get involved, and we – offensively it's just going to be whoever can see field because like a lot of them i think mark spurked a wide receiver out of trinity christian in jacksonville florida mm-hmm. i think he's gonna see time but how much will he really contribute yeah um that depends because also the offense is going to be different this year i would tell mm-hmm. you that if cal Travis is coming back mark spurk would get a lot more playing time because i right. i know there's going to be a lot more five wide on the field and while we will definitely still see that i just i don't know how much so mm-hmm. we'll see we will see. Um, it was an interesting signing day. Very, very silent signing day. Uh, I was actually trying to go to ESPNU to like just get the signing day coverage. I told you early before we recorded, I was cleaning my apartment. And I just wanted to have it on, you know, just, just kind of here. Mm-hmm. And they weren't showing it. They were showing reruns of some other stuff. But I remember back in the early signing period, which is the updated national signing day, the actual national signing day, they were showing it. So I was like, oh, okay, even the ESPN coverage of this has shifted um gators as we said ranked nationally uh 13th 
Last year we were ninth. We were we are fifth in the SEC this year, but last year we were sixth not in great. the SEC. Listen, not great, okay. but I think given the year, I think given the year, it's understandable. It is what it is. Um, and I think it's important to note that it's not like Mullen didn't make a change to try to fix this. He has a brand new director of recruiting this year. Yeah. Um, the defensive backs coach that we brought from USF, whose name is escaping me, he's also going to be Jules the, Montner. Yeah, he's also going to be the recruiting coordinator. Yeah. So it's important to note that he he does see this and he does see the tide and he wants to make the effort and the change and stuff. So it's important to note that, you know? Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. All right, Tyler, is there anything else you want to say about recruiting? Or are we going to wrap this uh, no, up? It's, it's pretty quiet National yeah. Signing Day. Um, I know that the best player in the country, I cannot pronounce his name, uh, but he has yet to sign. Yeah. Florida's not really in the mix there, so it's not anything to put out there. It's important to know also that, uh, I mean, why does, sorry, uh, Safety Terry and Arnold, who was a five-star, was uh, one of the people making his last decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, is my understanding that he wanted to go to Florida, but there's no room in Florida's class for him. Um, that there, That's why he was not sent a letter of intent um, in the morning. Well, it's my understanding that Flo- Florida tried to get him in in the early signing period, wanted him to sign so they can make sure he locked up a spot. Uh-huh. And then he didn't. They come down the pipeline, and they have to choose between taking Eric, Eric Gilbert, and Terry and Arnold. They had to make a choice. Okay, all right. It's unfortunate. Well, that's, I mean, this well, is the way you, these things go. This and when you these... put it when you put it that way, when it's you can either go with Eric Gilbert or this unproven uh, high school kid. I understand it. I understand it. Well, yeah. It, I mean, but it doesn't like. Still the, hurts. The broader, I mean, no, the, I mean, the broader thing is don't get yourself in a situation where, you, where a five-star that wants to go to your school can't and has to right. settle for Alabama, poor kid. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, that's Florida's recruiting has been fine, but mm-hmm. not gotten much better right. um, this year. But again, the pandemic, I think, plays a large part into that because yeah, I agree. you can't really have visits. You can't really have camps. And I feel like that would have helped a lot. Listen, next year, if we're still on this middle of, the, middle of the pack SEC recruiting class problem, then we can, I think, really have a an episode to address it and what can be done and all that stuff. But in this year, in the year of our Lord, 2021, after following up a pandemic year and pandemic season with vaccines on the way and hopefully moving at a faster rate, uh, I think we can give them a pass for this one in that sense, yeah. you know, situationally. It's just... It's coming off the back of a couple years that are also very much like, uh, it's so. important to know always with recruiting and with general uh, stuff, but with recruiting, what is, it's really important to note. You're asking people when they analyze recruiting to make long-term implicate what to make, uh, to in the moment, make sweeping justifications and judgments on things that will not play out for years. Yeah. Like, yeah. This we're not going to feel the impact of this class for another two years. Like the true impact of this class for two years. And honestly, by then, maybe Mullins in the NFL. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Um, we don't know. We you know that uh, in order to complete for national titles, Florida's Florida and teams in the Florida's range have are recruiting. You. It's not that you can't win national titles with this level of recruiting, mm-hmm. but every level of recruiting you go up, it just becomes easier. So yes. and it becomes more likely. So we'll see. Listen, George has been recruiting much better than us for a decade, and 
they got nothing to show for it as well. So that just shows how difficult it is. I didn't mean that to be yeah. a shot. I know you were laughing. I didn't yes, mean that did. to be a what shot. What are you talking about? What are you talking okay, about? Okay, I kind of did, but there was also some truth to don't it. Don't okay? lie. Don't but lie. But it's true. It's true. That, oh, like, it's even, absolutely true. Just don't even lie. With their level of recruit, it's difficult to win. You know? Yeah. Not not all of us can be well, up at only, halftime see, in the national championship game. Oh, you know, not all yes. of us. Yes. Only one team can win the national title every single year. Like, and 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 Nick Saban has one foot in the natty door every year. So, so like, it's hard. It's yeah. really hard. Like, yeah, it do be yeah, hard like that. So. Alrighty, uh, Tyler, thanks for coming on. Thanks for um, you know, saying agreeing to this. You, you you say that like like I'm a guest. No no no. Like, I mean like, like thanks for doing this episode because we were both like. Signing day is a little quiet. Should we do one? And I was like, no, let's no, do we, one. It's signing we'll day. We'll do one in the vestiges of the of what signing day used to be. Exactly. Um, Nothing but a memory. Nothing but a, a remembrance. You're never a guest, Tyler. This is you and me, 50-50. We roll. Come on, man. That's, that's, what I was, that's what I'm trying to say. Like I was like, please get out of here with talking to me like I'm a guest. We, like, are, com- we are complete co-owners of the Sideline Judgment brand. And it always will be that way, my friend. Yes, sir. My public declarance to you on the pod. So, <laughs> my, thank you. My my allegiance resides with you, Tyler. Only you. Oh, all. Thank with, you. With 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 that all, uh, this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, but Gators grew a little better. Please. <laughs>